NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is our number two of in-game live right here on SportsGrid. Jay Martinez and Jared Smith continuing. We are deep in the meat of our first round mock draft. If you weren't with us in our number one, you saw kind of those picks in the teams where we thought some teams would go. There was a run on wide receivers. The Miami Dolphins made their second of three picks in the first round. But Jared, you know, it's interesting. We're also seeing teams, in our opinion, and address the needs, but in like borders, right? We saw that. Uh, we saw that with the Jacksonville Jaguars recently in the first hour. Yeah, and and again, a lot of this half of the first round, I think, is prime. Right there in the last segment, I think 23, 24, and twenty five, especially because the Vikings have two first round picks. Uh, those are all up for, for grabs, and and from what I'm hearing, uh, I saw a very interesting article or saw a very interesting interview show earlier this week uh, that he believes that New England is going to blow this draft. You know, if, if, if they decide they get one of these quarterbacks because their quarterback room is really very much see them trying to move up and get one of these guys, especially in the scenario that you had, Dane, where the Raiders, yeah, where, where the Raiders grabbed two at nine. I mean, if two is there at nine, there, if two is there at five or, or past five, six, seven, eight, there yeah. it, it just opens up more doors for teams to not be uh, give up as much and to be a little you know move up and grab a guy like him. So I I, I think the Patriots are in a fascinating spot in this draft. Uh, if they do pick here at twenty three, I think they have another definite need that they need to fill though. All right, fair enough. So let's dive on into it. We are at number 23. These are the New England Patriots. And in this mock, your official game live mock, the Patriots have not 
moved up, right, to go get a quarterback or anybody else. You have the Pats standing there, standing Pat, ironically, at pick number 23. So who's the pick with you as Bill Belichick? So I'm going to say the guy that you had going a little bit earlier in this draft, who I think is a very intriguing talent, uh, A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa, the edge rusher. Now, there's a couple things to think about with this draft. First of all, or with this pick, excuse me. First of all, uh, the Patriots play that five technique, which is a very yeah. unique format uh, defensive. And this is a guy that would fit perfectly into that because of how versatile he is. He's an edge rusher, but he can play outside linebacker as well. He can move kind of fluid uh at the line of scrimmage, and then at the second level as well. And we know how much uh, these builders, he likes them to be able to be versatile. Kyle Van Noy, to me, is kind of the comparison between Epinesa and obviously the Patriots losing Van Noy creates an immediate fill there. So I do think New England, I, I could see them in a crazy world scenario. I know Bill Belichick doesn't love to trade up, but I could see them because of the desperation that they have in that quarterback room. I could see them being a candidate to move up, and that would be obviously the biggest shock in this entire draft uh, if the Patriots did blow things up at the top and take one of those quarterbacks uh, that we've been talking about. Not Burrow, but, but Tua... And, sure. and, and Herbert are the two. Uh, and, and, and then I think if they don't move up, if they stay at 23, I think they're going to address the edge rusher spot. Vanessa's a perfect fit. And I think he's going to make some team in the first round very happy. All right, as you mentioned, Epinesa is not still on my board, but I see it similarly to you as well. And we have been kind of on the same page with a lot of these picks, Jared. I'm with you in the fact that, you know, everyone thinks that Tom Brady is this huge lost in the offseason, right? But this is a defense that lost Kyle Van Noy that you mentioned, lost Jamie Collins. So I do believe the idea of someone on the defensive line or a do-it-all linebacker is possible here as they try to, remember, maintain that defense. The NFL, But one of the things you've mentioned is that that quarterback room is thin for the first time in about two decades. Quarterback could be a position of need. I don't think they trade up. I don't think that's in Bill Belichick's style to out and go get a guy, whether it's Tua or Herbert. But in my board, at number 23, Jordan Love is still there. Jared, at number 23, I think they do get a first-round quarterback. I think it is Jordan Love. I don't know that I believe that they are completely sold on Jared Stidham, the kid out of Auburn from last year. I think, you know, something of it is a, a, not necessarily a smokescreen, but they want to exude confidence in him at this point to maybe throw some people off the scent. But I think the pick is Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, for the Patriots at number 23, I do think they need to address this move. I think Bill Belichick knows it. And you talked about it maybe. They don't have to. They still get one of the quarterbacks who many people believe have a first round, maybe even a top 15 grade, and they can get him by standing pat at number 23. I have the Patriots getting Jordan Love out of Utah State. I don't, and, and here's why I don't mind that pick at all, because I, I certainly could see them having a high grade on Love. And if they believe that he is capable of filling a starting yeah. role at some point, I could see them taking Love at 23. I just, from, from the things that I've read about Love, he, he, he projects to me more of a project. Uh, he's a little inaccurate. And he's got the big arm. He did it with He percent. does. He differences. The difference is the Patriots need a starting quarterback. And, and that's why I think if they don't get one of the big name guys, the big guns, the Tua's, the Herberts. Even Herbert, I think, is a fringe starter right now. I think Tua, if he's healthy, is definitely a starter right now. Uh, then I think they'll address the quarterback need at some point later in the draft. I actually have a prop uh, that I found at one of the books 
uh, and it was will the Patriots draft a quarterback in rounds one through four? It was at minus three hundred, and it was an one through four. It was a wonderful selection, and I, I love that I made it, and I love that I found it. Uh, I do think that is a very safe bet, uh, and and I think that they certainly could be in the mix to take a quarterback with this spot. I just don't know if they're going to reach on Love. From everything I've seen, Love is more a, more better suited to be on a team. Hint, hint that has a very established starting quarterback maybe towards the end of his career with a really good offensive-minded head coach. I wonder what team that could be. Maybe they pick next in the draft. Uh, so, I so, I certainly could, so I certainly could see Love going at this range of spots. I just don't know if the Patriots are going to be the team that takes him. All right, fair enough. Seamless transition, Jared. As we move along here in the first runs we have 23 picks in the books we got another nine or so left to go and next up at number 24 are the new orleans saints i'll give you my pick first here jared and ironically we see some of these guys you know position by position going off you just took a defensive like uh, edge rusher, linebacker kind of guy. And then it seems like maybe using this next pick on Jordan Love. I have it flip-flopped here for New Orleans. Listen, this team does not, in my opinion, need help on offense. They've already signed Emmanuel Sanders. We've had the conversation of like the last hurrah with Alvin Kamara. So maybe they are juicing the orange there. You know what I also talked about? Remember how I said all the way back with uh, the Isaiah Simmons pick, and how that was specifically to try to handle some of these tight ends that they may see in the playoffs, like a Kelsey or something like that. Well, I'm going to insert a very similar argument right here, Jared, okay? The New Orleans Saints are a contender to me, and they need to literally deal with a Zach Ertz, literally deal with a George Kittle. And I think this guy that they have to leave the state of Louisiana for, will be able to do that. I think this is adding speed to the defense at the linebacker level for Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. That's where I go for them. Down on the bayou. That's right. He's played in that building before many times. And literally, seriously, Jared, this is like, hey, you, you're the guy who stays with George Kittle. Hey, you, you're the guy that's on Ertz or Goddard in, like, mid-January, okay? I literally – if O.J. Howard stays in Tampa, same kind of thing. I think the Saints – you've said it before earlier on. The Saints have a luxury to be able to go, whether it's best player available or specific needs that they want to fill as they look at the other contenders in the conference. And I think they do so with San Francisco. You remember what George Kittle did in that, what, 48 to 45 game and I think that you have here someone who could be the chess piece to kind of counteract that they were successful going Lattimore in the secondary a few years ago I think Queen becomes the kind of coverage speed linebacker that you add to this defense to make it better for me it's Patrick Queen the linebacker out of LSU who's saying staying in Louisiana at pick number 24. I was going back and forth on this pick for me I had Queen in a lot of my mock drafts. Really? I think he is a perfect fit for what New Orleans does. Yep. I think he's going to be an absolute star in this league if he plays in the right system. Uh, I think all of the SEC defenders have a chance to be really, really good. The ones we're talking about at the top of the first round, even in the middle to the end of the first round. I think there's a corner uh, on LSU that we're going to talk about a little bit later for me uh, that's also going to have an impact in this draft. So that's probably what New Orleans should do, what you oh, said. Okay. Here's what I want New Orleans. Here's what I want 
New Orleans yeah. to do. There's a you difference. Taysom Hill at the Swiss Army knife. That's what you want him to do. <laughs> I, I we've talked about this before. It feels it feeds into our narrative of where we think the Saints are as a franchise. So this is the so we talk about this growing up all the time. My mom would be like, Jared, is that a want or a need? What you're talking about is a need. The, 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 the Saints definitely need help in that position to do exactly what you said. It was spot-on right. analysis. The want is to find the replacement for Drew Brees. Because Drew Brees is going to sign. It's a two-year deal. And in my eyes, he might not make it through year two. Let's see what happens this year with injuries. I'm very doubtful that Drew Brees is going to make it through the entire year without getting hurt. And what do the Saints not have? Right quarterback. I don't think they're sold on, on Taysom Hill being the number two. I think right. it's a total smokescreen if they come out and say it. I think they have been quietly shopping for a quarterback for some time. They were a few picks away from getting Mahomes in 2017. We know 18 trading for Teddy Bridgewater. And now to draft the potential highest upside QB in this draft. He's got the best uh, metrics in terms of his height in terms of his size, in terms of his build, in terms of his arm strength. He's his footwork with his mind. He hasn't played at that high level at Utah State. You come to New Orleans and you play under Drew Brees. In back education, you are going to. If, 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 if Jordan Love has the goods and the Saints can't get it out of him, nobody can get it out of him. So this is a chance for back of the future with the 24th overall pick and get the most out of a guy with a ton of physical tools. I could be fun. I think you could love 24th overall to the Saints. Utah State going to right. the Cajun country. All right. Do we have any prop bets on over-unders for the Mountain West Conference or whatever it is? Because this would pump it up. I think it's interesting. I, you know, we've talked about the Saints quarterback position a lot, right? Whether it was Teddy Bridgewater, whether it was Taysom Hill, what this means for Drew Brees, and if it's a one-year or a two-year really deal. Um, so that's interesting to me. I don't know. For me, Moses when Drew Brees walks away anyway, right? I, I agree. So for that, I would want to get a last kind of – We I, I like to call true. the cherry on top, and That's I think true. they're in a position to go get the cherry on top as opposed to the heir apparent. But far be it for me to throw shade at your picks. Jared, up next at number 25 are the Minnesota Vikings. Now, for those of you who did not see us in our number one, Minnesota already made a pick in the first round. It was at number 22. I had them going wide receiver first. Jared had them getting the cornerback out of Alabama, Trayvon Diggs. So what do you have them doing now with their second pick of the first round at number 25 overall? This is a curveball here. This Ooh. is a curveball. You would think no-brainer wide receiver. No-brainer. Here's why. Mike Zimmer, teams have a funny way of remembering these types of things. The, the Vikings have had a go of drafting first-round wide receivers. There's two of them that come to mind, the last two, Laquan Treadwell and Cordero Patterson. They've both kind of been busts. So I think my, Minnesota might be a little skittish mm. with reaching where they know that there are some good ones, but I don't know if they are really high on one of the non-top four guys. Okay. If they are, then this is the spot. They might say that, the, like a lot of the scouts are saying, like I think as well, outside of the top four, there's a lot of 
certain next five to 10 are graded. You could grade some of them as second or third rounders, and they might be better than guys that might get a little bit of a higher grade at the end of the first round, which is where I think a couple of the guys you're going to, and and I do have another receiver going uh, in this first round. I have two actually, uh, but I just don't necessarily know if the Vikings have them as high on their board as they would this guy. Another immediate need. When you think about the Vikings offense, you think about two things. You think about play action and you think about Dalvin Cook. And in order to get those two things going, you need to have a really good offensive line. And the Vikings did not last season. And there's a lot of really good offensive line. I think this guy right here, Austin Jackson out of USC, is the last of the really good starting caliber tackles. And I think Minnesota, which already has a need in this spot, yes, they need to address the wide receiver position. It's Adam Thielen and then a whole bunch of nobodies. They need to get better in that spot. Really need to protect. I I think Mike Zimmer might throw a curveball here. He might go O-tackle with this second pick. He might go O-tackle with his first pick and then go defense with the second pick. But I'm starting to think that Minnesota might not make the obvious choice right now and take the wide receiver with their second uh, pick in the first round. I think they might throw us a little bit of a curveball here. All right, that's fair enough. And this is another one of those plays, Austin Jackson, so much. I had him taking seven picks earlier in his draft at number 18 by the Miami Clins. Um, You went in the secondary with the first pick for Minnesota, and you found a talented member of the secondary from the Crimson Tide. Well, Jared, there is a talented secondary member of the Crimson Tide still on the board in my mock draft, and I have Minnesota. You talked about the losses that they had in the secondary, and I pointed out at that point that they franchise-tagged Harrison Smith. So I have them going Xavier McKinney with this pick, the safety out of Alabama. He is off of your board already, so insert all of the stuff you just said about McKinney. I think Zimmer will fall in love with this piece and a nice little piece to use. I think they do, in fact, address the wide receiver at number 22. I told you the kid Ayuk out of Arizona State. I think they go Xavier McKinney here. You talked about the need. I agree with you. I think they tab McKinney as the best safety off the board from Alabama, uh, kind of as an apprenticeship for Harrison Smith. Up next is number 26. We don't have too much time left. We're about to go to break. I'm going to tell you right now, though, Jared, with this pick that the Miami Dolphins make, which is their third pick of the first round, we guarantee or I guarantee hitting a prop bet with the Miami Dolphins pick. One pick is enough to hit a prop bet. So maybe that gives you a clue of what position I'm talking about if one is enough to hit the prop bet. I think, listen, they shipped away Kenyon Drake, right? We've had guys like Patrick Laird and stuff and, uh, you know, trying to be the runner uh, for the Miami Dolphins. Listen, they drafted their quarterback of the future at number five overall. They decided to protect him at number 18 overall. I think the trifecta continues. And at pick 26, they get the best and only three down running back in this draft to add to this offense that all of a sudden looks decent. I think the Dolphins at number 26 take DeAndre Swift out of Georgia to be the number one and first running back off the board. That's where I go. And I think this is a great haul for Miami to get their quarterback. Wow. 
and they get their running back with these three picks, and then Flores could figure out the defense in the free agency market. We'll see what you think about pick number 26. We got about seven or eight left to go, and we got a few more segments to talk about it. This is In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. I think the first running back goes here at pick 26. Based on Jared's reaction, he does not. We'll find out who he has on the other side of the break. It's In Game Live. Get on the grid. We're giving you the edge after all. Come on, it's Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live. Dave Martinez and Jared Smith. I just finished talking about the Miami Dolphins' third first round pick and I actually think they get a great haul here as they look to kind of you know trust the process Jared you know they get their quarterback they get a stud tackle to kind of partner and protect that quarterback for years to come in my pick number 18 which was Austin Jackson and then I have them coming back and getting what I believe could be the best running back in the draft a three down running back one of these running backs who four years from now they're gonna have to decide if he's worth the second contract but that's not what they got to worry about now as they go back to respectability 
ability. I think Swift is an incredible value add for that running back room. I know you do not think running backs go in the first round. So where are you going with the Dolphins at number 26? Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't mind I, I don't mind the analysis at all. I mean, it makes total sense. And so it definitely passes the logic test. I just think Miami does have other needs. And, 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 yep. and I think they have needs that, ironically enough, uh, were traded away with this pick. So this is the Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills pick. Uh, that was traded away to Houston, uh, traded to from Houston to Miami uh, in exchange for those two guys. So I think, hey, we're all about symmetry on this show. I think it makes perfect sense that you take out an offensive tackle and you put in what, in my eyes, uh, Joshua Jones impressed a lot of people at, at the Senior Bowl. He started 45 games for Houston, an absolute beast. Granted, he did it in a conference that, you know, doesn't have quite the level of defensive talent that there might be in some of these other bigger conferences, but he's a big body and he can play the position and he's proved that he can stay durable. And I think those are things that Miami certainly wants. So we've kind of completed the circle for this Dolphins team. They traded away Minka Fitzpatrick. They get Xavier McKinney. They traded away Laramie Tunsil. They get Josh Jones. Younger, cheaper, same positions, slot them in. In addition to the quarterback I have them taken in this draft, they basically remade their entire team uh, in about a span of four hours in one round. Yeah, I just think that because Flores is such a defensive mind, Jared, that he has got like – in free agency, he's going out and kind of getting his guys already that he knows can fit. Awesome. So that's why I have them getting the young, new influx of talent on the offensive side. And when you think about it, you know, Devontae Parker emerged at the second part of last year. You know, Preston Williams, they called him the unicorn. He was starting to get going, and then he got hurt. Right. Gusticki, the tight end, you know him well from Penn State, started to come on. If they get a three-down horse, they're starting to put the tools around whatever quarterback they get that fits magic ultimately hands the baton to. Um, up next, though, Jared, and this is interesting. I'll go first here. At number 27 is the Seattle Seahawks. You just mentioned the idea of DeAndre Swift, that his uh, total uh, prop bet was 26 and a half. And I think Miami is a running back needy team at number 26. There's a lot of buzz that Seattle is also a running back needy team at 27. So I think it makes sense that a guy like Swift's you know, prop bet is right in between there. On some levels, I wondered if Seattle would go running back here in my mock with Swift off the board. It would be a little bit harder of a call, whether you think that's Jonathan Taylor, whether you think that's Dobbins, Edward Hilaire, whoever it would be. So I go in a different direction, okay? If, however, Swift is on the board, I do see that as a live spot. Remember, Jared, I have suggested Seattle, even when Melvin Gordon was kind of on the uh, free agency list, I thought that could be a fit. I still do think Seattle is primed to address the running back position because of the multitude of injuries they had there last year, but they don't have to do it in the first round. I have them going elsewhere. For the Seattle Seahawks, one of the biggest questions is would they re-sign to Davion Clowney um, and to, to add to that edge rush? And I necessarily think they do ultimately but what I have seen is that they brought back Bruce at Irvin on a lower money deal they signed a guy out of the Oakland or now the Las Vegas Raiders at a lower end deal I think here they continue to go with other speed rushers to back them up if they don't get Jadavion Clowney I'm bringing this up for you because I'm going with a Nittley Lion here oh I 
I have the Seahawks, and this is where that Big Ten bet comes in as well. I have the Seahawks getting Yatra Gross Matos, the edge rusher, out of Penn State. I think he's the fit there to add to the pass rush of the Seattle Seahawks defense. He's my pick. Another Big Ten player, a Nittany Lion for you. Gross Matos is my pick for the Seahawks at number 27. We have the exact same pick at Seattle really? at 27. We oh, actually do. We actually do. Uh, Matos, so to me, he's a little awkward in pass rushing schemes sometimes. Uh, he's, he's got a really big body, long arms. He's the exact fit that what Pete Carroll's looking for, body type. He needs a little bit of raw. He's a little raw is what I'm trying to say. He needs a little polish. And I'll tell you what. Thurman this pick was dra- they drafted him. You remember that? Like they, they will do that. They'll take the raw edge rusher. Though. Exactly. Seattle's good at at, at grinding those yep. those uh, coals into diamonds. And I think Gross Matos has the physical tools to be the exact type Probably of pass has- rusher Pete Carroll wants. Oh, he is he is a freak. 6'5", 260 pounds, runs a good 40 time, great cone time. He is about as physical of a freak as you'll see at the edge rusher position. Again, needs to be kind of polished into finding some of those finishing moves because you know the defensive line position, that edge rusher position, it's as much ballerina as it is bulldozer. You need to be nimble in that sense. He doesn't have that polish yet. Hopefully he gets there as a fan of his. Uh, watched him for several years uh, in state college. Did, right. did, did a very nice job, but just had he had some games against some bigger opponents where he would disappear. Uh, I do think the Javion Clowney situation will impact this pick. Uh, I, from right. everything I'm hearing, Clowney's not going to go, uh, not going to sign until after the draft. So based on that, I think pick, he ain't signing in Seattle. Hundred percent. But also, what it does if if the Seahawks take him in this spot, it gives the Seahawks some leverage in the negotiation process yeah. as well. So I think it makes total sense that Seattle would take a spot similar to – they're going to go either defensive line or offensive line here. If one of these top guys is still maybe hanging around, maybe Josh Jones is still there, could be Ezra Cleveland as well in that spot out of Boise State. We haven't heard his name yet picked. But I definitely think edge rusher is the only other place Seattle would go, and Matos is an absolute beast. All right, absolutely. So, again, we are on the same page, even down to the letter in this pick for Seattle. I want to test fate and see if we could do it again, Jared. I think there's a chance we could, because at least the guy I pick is not off your board yet either. And remember a few picks ago, Jared, we'll see if we're on the same page. Remember a few picks ago with New Orleans, how I was like, listen, they don't need anything on offense, right? They need to start to figure out how to just recoup some of what they've lost, and this idea of, I need to cover a tight end. And I think that's what Baltimore may do as well. Listen, they don't need any help on the offensive side of the ball. This is a team that as long as Lamar Jackson is upright, they're going to score 30 points a game, okay? And I know that Baltimore has always been a prototypical, like, strong defense. But if you think about it, Jared, in the last couple of years, they lost Zadarius Smith to Green Bay. They lost C.J. Mosley to the Jets. They lost Terrell Suggs even to the Cardinals. They're losing Eric Weddle this year. I think they need a playmaker, Swiss Army Knife, who can kind of do it all and be a new kind of franchise stud for this team on defense. And this is also a guy, in my opinion, that can go ahead and cover Travis Kelsey if need be. I'm talking about a linebacker out of Oklahoma. Kenneth Murray is the pick here for me. I think he's the best playmaker on defense left on the board. And so I think that's where Baltimore goes. They don't need to address their offense at all. I think they get a stud in the middle of the defense that they can start to build around for the next eight to 10 years. And he can kind of do it all, no matter how they want to deploy him. It's Murray for me out of Oklahoma for the Ravens at 28. 
I agree with you 100%. Um, if, if I was doing my other draft where the Saints decided to take Patrick Queen instead oh, of okay. Jordan Love, I, okay. I would have put Murray in this spot. But because Queen is still on the board, because the Saints in my want universe decided gotcha. to take their quarterback of the future, Patrick so Queen is still available. I got to ask you, when I started my narrative and I was like, just like the Saints, what were you thinking? Because you knew I went Queen with the Saints. No, I, I, I knew you were going to go Murray here, and I knew that, I knew that it was going to be uh, a similar handicap because yeah. I agree everything that you're saying about ball. Think about how Baltimore got unraveled last season. It was Derrick Henry running them over. This is a guy, Patrick Queen, for me. For you, it's obviously going to be Kenneth Murray. They're both very similar players. They're graded very similarly. I have Murray going just a little bit later in this first round. Uh, I, I, I think that's a guy that can defend that. And to yeah. me, that's about that's the most important thing uh, for, for, for what Baltimore needs to continue to succeed. Obviously, the loss of C.J. Mosley as well. I know he was gone last year. But obviously, Baltimore struggled a little bit uh, you know, in, in stopping the run. And I think Mosley's departure was a big reason why Patrick Queen is, is in that category where he can shut down the run, get edge right. to edge, you know, cover the flat, even drop back into coverage and get those tight ends under wraps if, 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 if need be. Similar handicap to what you said with Murray. So I'm on the same page. Linebacker Patrick Queen at a LSU – uh, is the Ravens pick at 28. Interesting. So again, and I want everybody who's watching this to see, there have been a number of times where Jared and I ultimately end up on a different player, but we're talking about the same kind of scheme. We're talking about the same needs and fit. And so remember, there's a number of different ways that this can go. There's so many different branches, and we'll be here to cover them all next Thursday during the NFL Draft Live. Keep it locked here on SportsGrid. You know what I find interesting, Jared? You just said for Baltimore, that they got, um, I don't want to say exposed, but they, they, they struggled to stop the run. And you mentioned Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Well, the Tennessee Titans picked next, Jared, at number 29. And, you know, they lost Jack Conklin in the offseason, right? And they decided to franchise tag Derrick Henry. So I think what they need to do is keep up their ability to expose defenses that can't stop the run. And when they still have Derrick Henry, but they lost Jack Conklin, I think they get another tackle right here to replace him. You said the name earlier on. He is not left on your board. For me, the Tennessee Titans take the lineman out of Houston, and it is Josh Jones. I think they replace him right here. They lost Conklin. They plug him in at right tackle. And remember, this is a team that needs to open up holes for the grinding rock that is Derrick Henry. They decided to go right back at it with Henry with the franchise tag. I think they need to keep that O-line strong. I think they go Josh Jones here at number 29. The last thing I'll say about this, we alluded to it yesterday. The Titans also pick at number 61 overall in the second round and 93 overall in the third round. I also believe that the Tennessee Titans draft a running back with one of those two picks. We've talked about Derrick Henry on the franchise tag. Maybe they chew him up and spit it out uh, with him. This is where they could maintain the gravy mm. train rolling. They let Deion Lewis walk to the Giants. Yeah. They do need another running back. I think they address it, but just not in the first round. In the first round, I think they take the lineman out of Houston. Josh Jones is the pick for me for the Titans at number 29. As usual, your analysis is, is spot on. If, if Jones uh, is there... If Jones is there at 29, yes, he will go to Tennessee. I think he's that good where he'll, he's going to go sooner than that. Uh, right. But if Jones is there at 29, also Ezra Cleveland's a possible spot here as well. Right. You mentioned Jack Conklin departing. 
Jarrell Casey's also gone from this Titans defense. Okay. And that's where I see them going here. I see them going uh, back to one of those interior defensive line spots. We talked about how good Derek Brown was at Auburn. Marlon Davidson of Auburn also had a very good productive season, and he fits the scheme that Mike Vrabel likes to run. He's going to play kind of in that nose spot. And I love Marlon Davidson, big-bodied guy, can do it all, rush the passer, get a little bit of pressure uh, from the from the A-gap, but he can also stop the run. He's going to be a first-round grade for me, and 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 that's an immediate need. Conklin, obviously, being gone, fills a need. You know, if, if they do go offensive tackle, I can absolutely yeah. seeing them going in that direction. Nobody in Tennessee would be upset if they draft one of these hog mollies at 29. I, I, I think – a lot of the good ones are going to be gone by then. And Davidson, to me, grades as the third best interior lineman in this draft behind Brown and Kinlaw. And I think he fills an immediate need with Jarrell Casey departing. So I think that's a good spot for Tennessee to go. That's where I've got him going here at 29. Marlon Davidson out of Auburn, the defensive lineman. That's interesting. You know, I, I, I don't hate that pick at all. The one thing I will highlight, though, is last year the Titans used their first-round pick on Jeffrey Simmons, right, who is a defensive lineman. So it would be – going back to the well at that position. We've seen teams do that before. Most notably, the Niners spent like a, uh, their first-round pick like five or six years in a row. On it's and still out. running. It's still running. They so took Bosa still- last year. They could do that again this year if they went with a, with a D-line. So we shall see on that. I haven't been going up front on the offensive side. Jared, you have them going up front on the defensive side. One thing we do know, head coach Mike Vrabel will uh, build from the inside out. So I agree with you there. I think we got time to make one more pick here in this segment. And this is an interesting one for me, Jared. I think we are both going with the same position. The question is, are we both going with the same player? I have been telling you for weeks, Jared, in my opinion, the Green Bay Packers, by the way, who are at number 30, Last year, Jared, they invested heavily on the defensive side of the ball, right? In free agency, uh, Rashawn Gary in the draft. I think they need to go offense this time. I think when Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime, they need to get him another weapon. We have been saying for a while that they need someone opposite Devontae Adams. They let Geronimo Allison go. Marquez Valdez-Scantling ain't that dude. Lazard ain't that dude. You know who is? My pick for the Packers at number 30 overall, and for me... Give them T. Higgins, the wide receiver, out of Clemson. You imagine putting another six foot four dude on the other side and now giving Rodgers Adams on one side and T. Higgins on the other. This is a team that was in the NFC Championship game, had a dramatically improved defense under Mike Pettin. I think it's time to get Aaron Rodgers that one last toy. And for me, it's Higgins at pick number 30. So I like the Higgins pick. I don't mind. I, I definitely have them taking a wide receiver here. To me, the one thing about Higgins that that did scare me is is just not quite as big bodied as you'd want at, he's for, for he's his slim. height. He's, tall he's, he's slim. He he's you don't slim. Think he get his bench. He might. He he might. But to me, six four, two fifteen. He's really tall, and he's got the body for it. He just needs to fill out a little bit. I think right. he's got the ball skills to play really well in an Aaron Rodgers offense. I do not hate the pick at all. I'm going to go with a guy who's a. Li- yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who's a little bit more versatile and who can move around a little bit, and that's LaVisca Chenault of Colorado. They lined him up all over the field for this Colorado team. He even played Wildcat quarterback. He can play in the backfield. He can do everything. Brian LaFleur, or excuse me, Matt LaFleur has got a very, you know, creative offense. I think he kind of fits 
that kind of creativity where they can put them in the slot, they can put them on the outside. So we're both on the same page. The Packers need to upgrade at wide receiver. I kind of went, I, I thought about putting Denzel Mims in this spot as well. That's a guy I could see going sure. here. I think it's all about where the Packers grade these guys. They might like Higgins. They might like Chenault. They might like Mims. They're going to get one of these kind of mid-grade first-round wide receivers. I went Chenault out of Colorado. Yeah, that's fair. And remember, it's like Baskin-Robbins, 31 flavors. We will see specifically what LaFleur wants to add skill-wise, right, in that offense. You and I know I talk about the XYZ affair all the time. So do they want the X, the Y, or the Z? I guess they don't need the X. They got Devontae Adams, in my opinion, one of the top three fantasy receivers in the league this year. When we come back on the other side of the break, we got two more picks to make, and then we wrap it up. It is in-game The Super Bowl champs. The two Super Bowl teams are there. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think one of the teams makes their pick here. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. It's in-game live. Dane and Jared giving me the edge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. It's Dane Martinez. Alongside me is Jared Smith, and we have, we're almost there, Jared. We've gotten 30 picks down. There's only two picks left to make here as we do our mock first round for the NFL draft. Don't forget, 
Sports Grid will be giving you the edge the entire draft next weekend. We will be on live Thursday night. We'll be on live Friday night as well as rounds one, two, and three will be in the books. We'll have myself, Mike Blewett, Joe Ranieri, Ariel Epstein, and I'm pretty sure we'll holler at Jared Smith as well, getting our breakdowns, our analysis of the draft, what it means for teams, and if there's any impact in the betting markets and the fantasy markets, we will have you covered. But as we wrap it up here with the last two picks from the Super Bowl participants of last year, Jared, the San Francisco 49ers are up next at number 31 overall. I remember yesterday we talked about it. In hour one, we talked about it. Ironically, we both have the San Francisco 49ers trading out of this pick. And remember, these are teams that are better. These are teams that may not have as many needs, and so they could look to accumulate assets. In this case of the 49ers, Jared, they have this pick at number 31 overall. They do not have a second-round pick. They do not have a third-round pick. They do not have a fourth-round pick. And so you and I both see this as a prime spot for the Niners to trade back, recoup some of that draft capital, and for a team that could trade back up into the back end of the first round. We say it all the time. Remember, teams reset their boards in between day one and day two. So instead of having all that time left for the dust to settle and then maybe get, you know, beaten out for a guy that shouldn't still be on the board. Many teams trade back up into the very end of the first round to go snag their guy. There's also a lot of different financial concerns as we move from round one to round two. So talk to me, Jared. You have San Francisco trading out of the first round. What do you have? Talk to me about the contours of what you think might happen here. So in this spot, there's one player, and and again, Obviously, the the later we get in this draft, the harder it is to predict who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. The way that this shook out for me, there was one player that I looked at in terms of my grade that I was like, man, this guy's a first rounder. And there's going to be teams that are going to be jumping over themselves to get back into the first round to take this kid. And it's Christian Fulton out of LSU. The Niners are pretty well set at the cornerback position. They've got one of the best secondaries in football. I can, and also what you mentioned about them not having, uh, you know, a second, third, or fourth rounder, they're going to want to pick up some draft capital. I think there's going to be several teams that are going to be willing to trade up. One of them could be the Lions, who maybe, in your scenario at least, uh, or, or, or in some scenarios at least, didn't take Jeff Akuda with the third overall pick. Say the Lions go a different route with that pick, and Akuda is, is not in Detroit, and the Lions still need that corner because they traded away Darius Slay. It could be Christian Fulton in the back half of the first round. I could see the Lions trading back up into that spot and taking a Christian Fulton. I don't know which team it's going to be, but I do. I am very, very, I'm I'm fairly confident. Let's say 95% confident that the Niners are going to trade this pick and that Christian Fulton is going to be a first rounder. So that's kind of where I slotted it out. All right, fair enough. So remember here, Um, we've had some differences in the first round on your board. There's still, like you said, the cornerback out of LSU. There's still Murray. Murray is not still on my board. Remember, I have the Ravens taking him about three picks earlier. I have the, um, the Niners trading out of this. Here's where that other prop bet gets interesting, Jared. I already have four quarterbacks off the board. And if a team wants to go get a quarterback, this is a spot where they can do it. And also remember, Jared, in my mock, the Chargers did not take a quarterback in round one, right? And the Chargers, if you look at it, the Chargers pick early in the second round, right? Um, So do a couple of other teams that we know kind of are a year away from needing a quarterback. For example, the Indianapolis Colts, Jared, select second and 12th 
in the second round. It would not be hard for them to go up a few picks and get their quarterback of the future behind Phillip Rivers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jared, pick 12th in the second round. We've talked about the priority being to potentially protect Tom Brady. You have them going up to get a tackle. Maybe you talked about earlier the idea of Jordan Love learning under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. What about a quarterback learning under Tom Brady for a year? That could be pretty cool. So I think the Colts are live. I think the Bucks are live. I think the Chargers are live to go up to number 31 overall. I think, though, and we said it, we've said it multiple times, most teams trade up to go get a quarterback. So I think it could be done. One of these teams may like, whether it's Eason, whether it's Fromm, whether it's Hurts, uh, could like one of these quarterbacks that are still on the board and not wait 24 hours and risk someone else trying to snipe them for it. So if you, you know, put me, uh, put my feet to the fire, I say this is the fifth quarterback. I think there are a couple wow. of teams that are potential to do this. Remember in my mock, the Chargers still have not addressed the quarterback need, and they have these dual-threat quarterbacks out there. Could it be them going up to get a Jalen Hurts? Could it be the Colts going up to get a Fromm or an Eason? Could it be the Bucks going up to get an Eason? I'm not sure, but I think that's what happens here. A team trades up with the Niners to number 31 to go get their quarterback. We've seen this before. Lamar Jackson, someone uh, the Ravens traded up at the very end of the first round to go get him here. Um, another example would be when the Minnesota Vikings traded up to go get Teddy Bridgewater in this same kind of exact spot. I think that happens. Those are the dots I am connecting. I think San Francisco trades down and the team ultimately takes Jared. Number 32 overall, the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Where do you have them going? Based on some of the things you said, there is a small chance we have the same name here. Where do you think Chiefs go? Well, I, you know, I do. So when, when, when I was rounding out the end of this first round, obviously the Chiefs have a couple of needs that are kind of glaring. I, yep. I would certainly put corner. I would certainly put linebacker in those mixes. I actually went back and forth between A.J. Terrell here uh, uh -huh. and Kenneth Murray. And I eventually, I, I eventually went with Murray because I do believe Murray's a solid first rounder and he deserves to be good to, to, to go in the first round and he fits this need. Again, this is a Kansas City team that did have a little bit of trouble with Derrick Henry in the postseason. Obviously, their offense made up for it in the second half. Uh, but this is a team that I think Steve Spagnuolo could use a player like Murray, just like the Ravens with their electric offense could use right. a player like Patrick Queen, who can defend sideline to sideline to kind of take away the best middle of the field option for the opposing offense. The best thing that an offense loves to do is have the ball in their hands. And when you have good defenders at the linebacker position, you can take the ball away from the other team and get it back into the hands of Patrick Mahomes quicker. Obviously, other positions on the defensive side as well can certainly help that. The Chiefs have an immediate need at linebacker. Kenneth Murray, to me, is a rocket ship uh, at, from the second level. I've seen him make multiple plays. Uh, yep. in the backfield for Oklahoma last season. He's a very electric defender, and I think he'd be a good fit in Spagnuolo's scheme. So I have the Chiefs do taking the linebacker out of Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray, with the final pick of the first round. Fair enough. I had Murray going off the board about four picks earlier to the Baltimore Ravens, and I think you make good sense. The way I'm going to describe this pick is a lot of the similar things I also think. Remember, Kansas City needs to be able to defend the pass a little bit better. They need to be able to stop the run a little bit better as well. This player... I'm going to tell you the truth. A lot of people have a second-round grade on him, Jared, and I acknowledge that. This is a kid who came, came in with a lot of fanfare, all right, and, and, and struggled with missed tackles, if you want to know the truth. Missed some tackles, but I think he has kind of some skills that nobody else really does, has top, like, 
The ceiling is incredibly high for this guy. I think he has the length to be able to defend the tight end um, or some of these slot receivers. And let me tell you a quick story, Jared, and then you'll be able to understand where I'm going with this. A few years ago, the Honey Badger was like a great talented player, a talented player, right? Uh, but he fell on like hard times. And it was another LSU cornerback uh, that was like, you know what? Bring him in here. And that was Patrick Peterson, right? He was saying, bring in Matthew. I want him with me. I'll watch after him. I'll keep him on the straight and narrow. I will help, you know, uh, massage man. any holes in his game. I'll be able to get the best out of Teron Matthew. That's what happened in Arizona. And he reclaimed his career, and we know what has happened. I think Tyron Matthew pays it forward by doing something very similar in this draft. I think Tyron Matthew goes to Andy Reid and is like, listen, there's a guy out there that can be a difference maker on the defensive side in the same exact way you have just said, covering the tight ends, making some big plays, being able to come down and make plays, and the athleticism is there. I have the Kansas City Chiefs, Jared, taking Grant Delpit out of LSU. Mm. Okay, and I think this would be yet another chess piece for the Spagnolo defense. I think it's another LSU member of the secondary, and he came in as a freshman, Jared. You know this with all sorts of fanfare, kind of being like a, they thought he could be a play uh, a Heisman candidate as a defender. He returns punts as well, you know. So I think Delpit is the last pick of the first round. I think the connection with LSU and specifically potentially Tyron Matthew being like, nah, 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 I'll take care of this kid and make sure he's, do he's doing it right and, you know, make some form tackles. I think the skill set is there. I think the, the playmaking ability is there. I have Grant Delpit as the last pick of the first round going to the Chiefs to address the need on the back half, the safety out of LSU. So great story about Delpit. Um, I remember, I remember covering him. Uh, you know, just because he had one of these, one of those in amazing individual stories in college. Yeah. I was in college when this happened, but uh, Hurricane. So, so he grew up in New Orleans, yeah. And his family was displaced by Hurricane yeah. Katrina, and then there was a big story about him coming back to LSU and playing. Uh, I remember reading about it, you know, during one of their games last season, and and it was a fascinating story. And yep. he's he obviously had. You know, a rocky, a rocky season, a rocky season. He was a junior uh, coming out, so he didn't finish, uh, you know, the full, the full, you know, weight of his career at LSU. But he certainly was, you know, there were some, there were some holes in his game. Uh, but what you, you know, that to me, the way you explained it, and 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 that kind of triumph story with Teron Matthew, because I, I can say a very similar thing about Matthew's career in the early stages uh -huh. as well. Uh, yep. that, that would be a very good story. And, and I think the fit makes sense to me, safety linebacker, those positions are very similar in terms of the ground that they cover. Murray is like a safety playing linebacker sometimes. So right. I, I, I think Delpit, if they, if the Chiefs believe that his physical tools can be salvageable and, and they have had those conversations with Tyron Matthew, absolutely. That pick makes a ton of sense. I think Steve Spagnuolo needs chess pieces. He's got the mind, but he needs the bodies to be able to execute it. And I think Murray is one of those guys. I think Delpit could certainly be one of those guys. I do expect the Chiefs to draft a defensive chess piece with this pick. It's all about where their scheme fits and, and, and who Spagnuolo is talking about. But Delpit would be a very intriguing selection there. Yeah, and, you know, listen, we are mocking. We have to build some of these anyway, right? And so that's where my 
Tyron Matthew connection comes in. One other shout out, good genes for Grant Delpit. I don't know if you know, Jared, but here, um, the other show I do, The Early Line with our friend Joe Ranieri, we have had Lorenzo Neal as a guest a few times, you know, former fullback, 15-year career in the NFL. Great um, career in the is, NFL. Yeah, he is Grant Delpit's uncle. Um, and, and Lorenzo Neal told us about that. Um, in one of our interviews, he talked about his nephew, and then I was like, really? Who is it? And he mentioned it was Grant Delpit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I want to file that away. So good genes for the kid out of LSU as well. There you have it. That is our first round mock. And so it's interesting, Jared. You know, we've been talking about, say, the prop bet of four and a half quarterbacks going. You, it sounds like, have four quarterbacks going off your board. I yep. have the fifth, and, and it's someone trading back in to do that. And that's, you know, we have seen that before, right? The idea of the running backs, you do not have one. I have exactly one. No, no wonder that the prop bid is at a half. You know, these wide receivers. How many wide receivers did you have going off the board? I believe I, I had five. Chenault, yeah. Jefferson, and then the big three. Yeah, okay. I had five. I I had the Jefferson, the big three, then Ayuk as well, and Higgins. So that was six. The prop bet is six Seven. and a half. So at six. You have six? Oh, you had six? I have six, yep. So you only had five, so maybe there's daylight there. I had six tackles going in the first round. We know about the big four. I had Austin Jackson and Josh Jones too. as well. The number there is six and a half. So that makes sense. I find it very, very interesting. We'll continue to talk about it, Jared. And remember, the draft does get underway next Thursday, and we'll be here to talk about it. Jared, only a few minutes left. I wanted to bring up this story real quick. Jalen Green, who is by consensus the number one high school kid, he ain't going to college. He ain't going to Europe. He's going straight to the G League, and there is a new G League program, Jared, where these kids can go ahead and, you know, spend their kind of year in limbo with the G League and make half a million dollars, okay? And I think this is a completely viable option. I like the way the G League is kind of partnering with the NBA. I think it's good for the NBA and for NBA GMs so they don't wind up missing on these 19-year-olds as much. They get a year of seasoning, playing against grown men. They get a chance to be a professional, to earn some money, because if you're at that level playing golf or playing tennis, you don't get, you know, uh, remove the opportunity to be a professional. I think that is the case. And I think this will water down college basketball. I don't think it's a death nail, Jared, because we're only talking about what, maybe two, three, four, four players. Yeah, yeah. Five, four or five guys, man. But I do think it waters down the college game. I agree. And I think especially this year, when there's so much up for grabs and uncertain in this world with college, will it even happen? right, that I think it's a prudent decision for Jalen Green. And I think it's something of a landmark day. The NCAA needs to watch out for this. This is a viable path for 18-year-olds at that level. I certainly agree. And I think LaMelo Ball paved this path by purchasing one of these, uh, you know, one of these minor league basketball teams overseas uh, that now can also be a haven for these players. Jennings, RJ Hampton, we've seen a Absolutely. And, and honestly, I do think it's going to impact college basketball a lot as well. I don't think it, you're right. I don't think it's a death blow. In fact, I actually think it makes the NCAA tournament a little more interesting because it opens the door for maybe teams that wouldn't be able to get these one and dones. All of a sudden, the level of competition isn't as good at the top. And we know how much one player in basketball can make all the difference. Well, now all of those one players are in the G League and they're not in college basketball. So it's going to make, uh, you know, the, the, the NCAA tournament a little more, a little more, I don't want to say watered down because that kind of makes it seem like it's worse, maybe a little more competitively balanced. But on the other side of the coin, 
absolutely. The G League is going to take this and run with it. And it also makes the G League a little more marketable. All of a sudden, the G League becomes a league we might consider to be betting on at some point because we want to get a glimpse of some of these guys. We want to understand where they stack up so when they do make that next jump to the NBA. And I love that they're making them pros, but they're not associating them to teams. That was the key for me. They're on this separate kind of neutral team that isn't directly associated with an NBA team. I, I think it's beautiful. It's awesome. Good for the kids. If, they des- if they're good enough to get paid, they deserve to get paid. Absolutely. It's definitely something to watch. It is also something to watch. The NFL draft next week. Next weekend, when you're back here on In-Game Live, Jared and I will be here to break it all down. Were our mocks on point? Tune in next week and find out. For Jared Smith, I am Dane Martinez trying to give you the edge. Just keep it locked here on the grid. It's in game live and sports grid. Have a good one, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.